Five, four, three, two, one. We're in the pipe. Five by five. This is the Five on Film podcast. Hello and welcome to Five on Film, the podcast where we try and break down the top five in the world of film. Each show, we're going to give you a list of the best films for you to check out and uh, make sure we, uh, that you know where to watch them. Um, if you'd like to get involved with the conversation, please find us on all the social medias at Five on Film Podcast. That's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the top films of 2022. What are the best films that were released in this last year? And joining us this week to chat about it is Chris. Hello. John. Hello, mate. Matt. Evening all. And Tony. Yo. So here's how the show works. We set a topic and we each go away and make top five lists. We tabulate all those results and we come back here and we discuss all of the worthy contenders. Um, before refilling the show's definitive, five on film. This week, we're going to begin with Tony and he's going to take us through his five through three picks so tony first off what is your number five film of 2022 um so firstly excuse my voice i have a cold <laughs> um, and my husky bones. uh but my number five pick is um nope by jordan peele um so brief summary um after the death of their father a brother and a sister discover something sinister hiding in the skies above their their horse ranch um, while a owner of a nearby theme park um, is trying to profit off the mysterious object. Um, so my I guess capsule review of this is that um, I wasn't a big fan of Jordan Peele, uh, previous films, uh, controversially. Uh, I definitely feel this was his strongest entry out of the three films that he's made. And it's, um, it's in my top five because it, it was a film that stayed with me after I left the cinema and still stayed with me today. Um, I thought okay. it was the most effective horror film that came out last year. And the cinematography was wonderful. I thought it was well acted and worked on many levels. Um, so yeah, it definitely would worth uh, recommend people seeing it. Okay, five is no. What's at number four, Tony? Uh, number four is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Um, so Michelle Yeoh plays a um, a, laundry, uh, a lady that runs, runs a laundromat, uh, kind of middle life, existential crisis, um, and she um, becomes an unlikely hero when she finds that she can go through the multiverse um, and to, uh, that she has to save it. Um, okay. This film I felt was um, extremely creative and um, very different from the franchises that seem to dominate cinema. I've always loved Michelle Yeoh ever since I saw her in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, she's a wonderful actor. actor. Um, and um, I just felt like all the cast worked really well together. Jamie Lee Curtis was brilliant in it. Um, and it had some very crazy concepts that if you've read anything about quantum physics are potentially true um okay. and when i was a a young man i came up with a similar idea in my head i wish i'd committed it to film before <laughs> 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 um, 
Okay. Everything all at once at four for Tony. And what's your number three film, Tony? Um, number three is um, Clerks 3. Um, okay. I'm a Kevin Smith fan. Um, so if you know anything about Clerks, uh, it's about these two slackers, uh, Randall and Dante, um, running basically a convenience store. And in this um, episode, or uh, entrance into the franchise, uh, Randall suffers a massive heart attack and decides, with the help of his friends, Dante, etc., to make a, a film of his life. Um, I felt it was uh, hilarious, heartwarming, and heartbreaking. Um, so if you're a, a Kevin Smith lover and a lover of um, his kind of uh, view askew universe, I'd highly recommend it. Um, I think all my top five picks, actually, I picked because of entertainment value rather than, some may say, artistic. <laughs> Merit. <laughs> yeah. stayed with me and I really enjoyed. Nice. Um, so, John, quickly, uh, what do you think of uh, Tony's top five there? Uh, top, the oh, bottom five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The bottom of his five. Um, yeah. I, I, all, all three films, well, I haven't seen Clark's Clark three. I'll hold my hands up to that one. But um, everything everywhere all at once. Um, it was the second multiverse film to come out. And I saw them, I saw it on the same day as Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And I can I can see the merits in both. I prefer everything everywhere all at once. I just found it 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 was good, but it just it kind of got a bit lost in its own art art houseiness for me. Um, so I, I, I agree. It didn't quite um, make my didn't quite make my top ones. Cool, uh, Matt. Uh, just quickly, Matt, have you got anything on everything everywhere while we're there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I um I liked it. Yeah, I really did. It was down. Where did I put it? It was number number six, wasn't it? On mine, number six. I put it down. Yeah, so it just outside knocked, your top yeah, five. Just yeah, just recently. Yeah, it got knocked out um in the last couple of days by by another one that I saw. Um, I loved it. It was schizophrenic multiverse madness. Um, I get what John's saying. There's there was a lot in it to take in. Um, and that's right from the very, very beginning. Um, but what is there? Uh, the takeaway for me was that uh, movies, blockbuster movies these days can be supremely artistic and supremely entertaining. Um, and I think that hits home run on both of those, really. So, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend it. And I do hope it it, it wins uh, a lot of awards, uh, which it has already. Uh, but yeah. with the big Oscars coming, um, might be able to sweep some more. Chris, anything on everything everywhere? Um, yes, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I uh, thought there was a lot going on, um, uh, you know, it, not just in the title, um, but they really meant it. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I don't know, I wanted to like it more than I did. But I think, yeah, I would agree. I, I was in the same boat that I felt like I, I, I should have liked it more than I did. Um, and I, th I thought it was good, but not as great as the praise that it's getting at the moment i think yes. for me yeah agree um chris while i'm with you uh, anything oh. did you see nope or clerks three i have seen nope and it was um an interesting watch i i like some of it um the the more kind of um obscure sort of uh, sci-fi elements but I, uh, I, I, I didn't like the characters at all. I, I find it really hard to empathise with any, any of them or root for them. 
um, and I found some of their motives really bizarre. Um, and the message that uh, Jordan Peele was trying to convey um, about mass media and um, social media and, and fame in that related to um, views and, and videos and stuff. So, yeah, um, it was a nope from me. Okay, Matt, anything to add on nope there? Yeah, it was a strange one, really. Um, it didn't really captivate me, much like you guys were commenting on everything, uh, everywhere. It didn't really capture me that much. You know, it, I like the atmosphere. What most that stood out for me really was, was the atmosphere that um, uh, Jordan Peele created. But I was expecting a lot more. I don't know for the ingredients that were being cooked in the beginning, the the end the end meal didn't really satisfy me. Um, unfortunately and I thought a few of the themes didn't really pan out um albeit the production design was fantastic I thought the audio and the soundtrack and the uh, production design were, were really 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 top top class stellar stuff I didn't really hit the heights for me um and it didn't even poke into my top 10 to be honest but um, I do like Jordan Peele yeah, it's a good film and it's probably one that I might go back and rewatch. So, uh I'm I'm gonna uh, that you know that I, I I really hated Nope. I thought it was uh, unfortunately for me. I, I thought it was one of the worst movies I saw this year, Tony. So I'm on the other end of the scale. Um, I didn't get the motivation of a lot of the characters, and um, just found myself bored a lot of the time. I've got to be honest. Um, so um, that that's 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 me. Whereas I saw Clerks Three, and I loved Clerks, Clerks Three. So I'm there with you on that one. Um, I thought that um, Kevin Smith. Um, yeah, brought, it was very autobiographical. Um, it was um, a great return to this world that he's created from his very first film um, to his most recent one. Um, so I will get behind that one most definitely. And people should check out Clerks if they enjoy Kevin Smith's world at all. So there's uh, Tony's five through three. Um, John, we're going to do the same. Uh, your five, your four and your three. John, what's at number five? Okay, my number five... Um... This is actually a film from uh, 2021, but it didn't get released in the UK until 2022. Um, it's called The Worst Person in the World. Um, it's a Scandinavian film. Um, it was actually the Norwegian uh, Best International Feature Film um, entry for the Oscar uh, in 2021 and won Best Original Screenplay for its director, um, Joachim uh, Trier. It's it's basically the story of a woman in her late 20s who starts off as a medical student and then kind of gets lost and just keeps finding different paths to, to um, lead her life on. So she starts off as a medical student, realizes she wants to be a psychologist, to which she then goes, no, I actually want to be a photographer. So and um, so she ends up in a relationship with an, with an older man who's an underground comic book artist, um, who's grumpy and he gets cancelled. And basically she um, goes through her life. Uh, she, has, she has a one night stand without the sex when she crashes a wedding. She ends up having a night with, a, um, with this man just, talk, just talking and at the end of the, end of the night, they exchange first names and then walk off in separate directions. It's got some nice little touches, like uh, um, some fantastical realism. Uh, at one point, they take some magic mushrooms and go, and she goes on a trip. And that's that's rather fun as well. 
I just found it all all very free spirited, and I lo- it it was funny and different and fairly tight, fairly tightly written. I, re- I just really enjoyed it. Okay, the worst person in the world at five for John. I'm just gonna. I didn't do this before, so I'm gonna make sure I do it now. Um, that's free for everybody to check out on Mubi, or you can rent it on Apple, Amazon, YouTube, etc. Um, so the worst person in the world at five, John. What you got four? Uh, my number four is Blonde, um, a biographical psychological film, which isn't necessarily biographical, but it basically takes Marilyn Monroe's life um, as a frame to hang on a very dark psychological story or of a little girl who um, suffers child abuse at the hands of her mentally unstable mother, who then ends up being pretty much the most famous sexually alluring woman in the world and uh and everything and it's all seen through this ugly lens of the male gaze and it she's uh, so psychologically damaged she's looking for a father in every in every man she uh dates and marries uh joe dimaggio and uh, arthur miller the the whole film is more of a psychological drama than it is the biography. So if it wasn't Marilyn Monroe, this film would be just as powerful and even more so. But what Andrew Dominic's done is taken pictures from different periods of her career and actually put a dark spin on them for the visuals. And Anna, Anna de Armas is just amazing as Marilyn Monroe and she doesn't win the Oscar then um, she's done a really good job. Okay, Blonde at number four for John, and that's available on Netflix for anybody to check out right now. Uh, John, what's at three? This was Glass Onion, The Return of Benoit Blanc. And I'm not going to attempt the accent because I can't do it. Um, And basically in the year uh, that saw Death in the Nile and See How They Run, this is kind of like a real updated refresh on the whole drawing room murder mystery like um, Agatha Christie used to write, where everyone ends up at the end and you you get the resolution. But it's just done in a really fresh, really interesting, very tongue-in-cheek, and it's all all all-star cast if you haven't seen it. I I don't want to spoil it because pretty much anything in the plot would spoil it. So, But I really, really enjoyed it. So at three, Glass Onion, uh, a, a Knives Out mystery, um, the sequel to Knives Out. Um, Matt, have you seen any of John's five through three? Um, I have not seen the first one, the fifth. Uh, the worst person in the world? No, I, I am aware of it, but it's not one that um, I've yet managed to get around to watch. Um, Blonde was on my top five for a long time, as John well knows. Um, but it got sneaked out um, in the last couple of weeks by two other films um, and it dropped back down to number seven. Um, but I absolutely adored that film. And it's much maligned, to be honest with you. It got actually absolutely crucified in the press, um, mainly by the movie watching public. So um, I think critics really enjoyed it, but, but movie watchers did not because I don't think they were really wanting to kind of appreciate it for what it what it really was as john was explaining it's psychodrama um that was unfolding and you can literally take out 
Marilyn Monroe and put anyone in there and the story would be exactly the same um and uh it's unfortunate really because it is a wonderful wonderful film brilliantly acted and very i mean as i put it to you guys once i think you know if, if david lynch had, had uh, decided to direct a marilyn monroe biopic a loose version of, of her life then you, you can kind of picture what the film would be like um it's a tad over long um but it is devastating in pieces number three glass onion uh i wasn't too keen a bit underwhelmed to be honest i, I thought it was quite predictable um uh, i enjoyed the first one much more i think um but it was fresh it was bright it was what was needed at christmas i think and netflix did a good job getting ryan johnson on board to uh produce this sort of new franchise of his um so i'm hoping for some more because they are really good uh little murder mysteries uh, i just felt that this one was a little bit undercooked okay chris did you see any of uh john's five four or three uh, so I saw um, Glass Onion, um, and much like Matt, I was underwhelmed. I really enjoyed Knives Out. Um, I'm a huge murder mystery fan anyway, um, and I had high hopes, and it just a bit, it fell a bit flat for me. Um, there, there were some striking visuals um, and some funny comment on, you know, the mega rich and that sort. Um but, but yeah, the, the actual mystery itself wasn't that, you know, amazing. Okay. Uh, Tony, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, I've seen them all um, and none of them would be in my top 10. Um, okay. <laughs> um, worst person in the world um, was a very cold film, I felt. The main character was very unlikable. Um, it resonated with me for personal reasons, uh, but I just didn't like it. I didn't okay. see why people did like it, but not for me. Um, I felt very much the same about um, Blonde, apart from the main character is likeable. If I'm going to watch a Marilyn Monroe story, I want more truth and more it to be about her life than an interpretation or an autistic okay. interpretation of it. Um, so again, I thought it was a very cold film. Anna Diamaris was great. Right. Yes, she was. Um, Glass Onion? She was a highlight film. Glass Onion, I'm, Knives Out was barely okay for me. This was worse. I, okay. Um, Daniel Craig's <laughs> having the time of his life, and I quite like him and the character. But Ryan Johnson is a hack, in my opinion. I've never liked any of his films. <laughs> They've all been shit. And the only thing of his that is starting to change my mind is if you haven't watched it is poker face the tv show yes i've seen good reviews coming out from it yeah um i've got to say i, I did i did enjoy blonde um i i was surprised at how much i actually engaged with the movie um and i, I think it where tony alluded to it, to it on his uh, his picks um it kind of stayed with me and made me want to find out more about marilyn monroe i've i've seen very few of her movies it presented me with um yeah just information that I don't think I knew I know it's an interpretation on her life but it made me want to investigate her life more I don't know just to interject a lot there was a lot of things that didn't happen in it yeah yeah I know for artistic and story impression you have to change some things but I felt there was too much okay. I'd rather have known it's... more about her life than yeah well it's, yeah. it's his interpretation of somebody else's fictionalized biography of yeah. Marilyn Monroe. I know. So I, it's I, like two, I, two parts removed. 
Yeah. And I, I tell you what, I'd, I'd like to see a woman's interpretation of it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Wasn't it a woman that wrote the book, though? It was yes. a, a director and screenwriter. I don't think she wrote the screenplay, did she? No, no. So, um, and then Glass Onion. I, I'm a little bit. I'm afraid, John, with uh, everybody else. It was fine. It was. I thought a big step down from uh, the first Knives Out, which I did enjoy. Unlike Tony, I did enjoy the first one. Um, but yeah, this one, um, I felt felt it was very predictable. Um, so, um, it, so. John, with a, a few choices that were controversial, shall we say, on his uh, five three three. Um, so moving on, Chris, um, your five three three. Um, what do you have at number five, Chris? My number five is Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio. Uh, the two two Pinocchio films came out last year, um, and uh, Guillermo del Toro's stop animation version wiped the floor with Disney's, um, in my opinion. It's a fantastic uh, retelling of the tale set in um, World War Two, um, and uh, it's it's very dark, which is you know typical of um, the director. But at the same time, it's still um, suitable enough for children. It is a children's story. Um, my my son watched it with me. He really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's beautiful, and uh, the the characters really come to life. And I, I think the the way that he filmed it, it brought uh, new, despite the traditional um, animation style, um, it made uh, it made it very appealing and um, it, it contemporary as well. Uh, brought it up to date. Um, so that's my number five pick, and that's available on Netflix right now in UK. Um, my number four was Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, with Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Um, that uh, is a great film uh, about two friends uh, in um, a small island uh, off the mainland of Ireland. Um, and it, Brendan Gleeson's character just decides that he doesn't want to be friends with Colin Farrell's anymore. Um, and... Uh, it's it's a beautiful little tale um, of uh, I've forgotten Colin Farrell's character's name, but um, he uh, he's desperate to just be friends uh, again, and he's he's clearly a very lonely man. And uh, it's a beautiful uh, performance from Colin Farrell. He's been nominated for best actor, uh, rightly so, although he's not going to win it. Let's be honest. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, great performances from from both leads and the supporting cast. The male, oh, I've forgotten the actor's name. Harry Carhagen? Yes, thank yes. you. Uh, he's been nominated for Best Supporting. Um, and, As is uh, Kerry Condon. That's uh, yeah, yeah. for Supporting Actress. So. And uh, he he won. Brendan Gleeson. Is it the BAFTA? Yeah, yeah Barry Carhagen won a BAFTA. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, and uh, it's beautifully shot as well. Cinematography is excellent. Um, and that's available on Disney+. Plus. And then you can rent that on Apple TV and Amazon. Um, <laughs> my number three is uh, See How They Run. Um, I only saw this very recently. Um, it's been on my kind of watch list for a while. Um, it's a story of Cetrine and Mousetrap in London at the theatre. Um, and they are planning to make a film version of the, the stage play. This is based on a true story. And... Um, a murder then takes place in the theatre 
um, and it turns into a whodunit. Um, and it's a fantastic supporting ensemble cast um, led by Sam Rockwell and uh, Cersei Ronan, who are hilarious together. Um, it's a brilliant script, really funny. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, and you can get it on Disney Plus and you can rent it on Amazon and Apple TV. Uh, guys, what do we think of uh, Chris's number five, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? John, have you seen this one? Yes, um, very recently. I, I, It's probably my number two animation of the year because I saw one recently, which is my number one um but in saying in saying that it's it's lovely it goes to it brings in some interesting ideas on the pinocchio story um it changes the ending to something you you wouldn't consider um but act, but I, it kind of takes it back to its italian roots with italian fascists nice one uh tony have you seen pinocchio uh no no um, um... Uh, uh, probably controversially again, <clears throat> I've never been a big fan of the story. Okay. Uh, it never really interested me. And as much as I think Del Toro is a visionary director, a lot of his films don't really land for me. Okay. Have, have, have I sold it for you, Tony? Well, Chris, I feel that we, we sometimes have our, our, our tastes crossed. So hopefully. I may, I may well check it out. Okay, nice that's one. good to hear. Good. Uh, Matt, did you see Pinocchio? Do you know what? I haven't I haven't watched it. Um, I I watched. Uh, unfortunately for me uh, and anyone else, uh, I, I watched um, Robert Zemeckis' uh, Disney uh, live action. In yeah. what? So we didn't have to. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was absolutely shockingly bad. I hated every minute of it. Totally unnecessary. And do you know what? I put put off watching. Del Toro's version when it came out just before Christmas, not because I don't I don't want to watch it, but I think um, I need some time away from Pinocchio. Um, I understand that. I will, um, I will come around to watch it. At some point. I, I missed Zemeckis's one and watched Del Toro Del Toro's one recently, um, and I, I I agree it was uh, it didn't crack my top five or even my top ten, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I watched it with my girls, um, and they. They really liked it too. Um, so um, I would get behind anybody who uh, likes the story of Pinocchio to check that out. Um, John, Banshees. Um, I thought, with like all Martin McDonough films, I, I, I appreciate what he does. And I think they're very quick and witty. Um, you, can tell he, you can tell he was a playwright because it, it has a certain Irish rhythm, but you kind of think you're, you're watching it on a stage. I liked it. I thought the performances were great. It didn't even hit my 10, but it, it's a good film. It's very well made and I did enjoy it. I, I, I would agree with that. Um, it, for me, it was the same. I really enjoyed it. Um, there were some outstanding performances, but it just didn't quite land for me. Uh, Tony, have you seen Banshees of Insurance? No, it's on my list. Okay, so hopefully Chris has sold it for you. Matt, Banshees for you? Yes, yes, I've seen it. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the Return of Gleason and Farrell. Um, uh, just remind me of the film they were in. Pro yeah, in Bruges. Uh, in, Bruges. in Bruges. Yes. Yeah, in Bruges. Yeah. Um, great, like those two together. I think they play off each other very well. And Martin McDonough works very well with both of them. I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I thought it was going to be more kind of uh, belly laughs than than I was uh, expecting. And when I, when, I, when I watched it, it was... Uh, way more subtle and much more involving for that fact, I think. 
Um, and yeah, I loved it. I, wonderful acting all round, beautiful uh, cinematography, gorgeous landscape. Um, and I love the ending. I love the open ending. Um, and I, I genuinely hope Farrell wins the Oscar for it, to be quite honest. Um, uh, I thought he did a sterling job and it should be recognised. And Brendan Gleeson's just an absolute superstar, to be honest. And um, yeah, uh, it was. I think it got down to number 10 on my list. Um, wasn't one of my favourites, but at the same time, there's been a huge amount of good films uh, last year. So um, yeah, thoroughly recommend anyone wanting to watch that. And while we're there, have you seen See How They Run, Matt? I have again another one uh, I watched actually quite recently. Um, again, really enjoyed that. Uh, uh, it was funny, and I could happily watch uh, Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan um, in many films if they decide to uh, to become like some sort of uh, movie movie couple. Then uh, I would go and see any film they. I think they absolutely made it. It was a little bit simple for me. I would prefer a little bit more depth to it. Um, kind of like a very good Sunday afternoon cup of tea scone, very British. Um, uh, I'm glad it did quite well. And, you know, there are room for films like that, I think. Um, So, yeah, very good, very good film. Nice one. Uh, Tony, have you seen See How That Run? No, it didn't really appeal to me, to be perfectly honest. Okay. well, hopefully uh, Chris may have sold it to you. It's on Disney Plus. John, did you enjoy See How That Run? Saw me the other two. Oh, okay. Good. Well, well done, Chris. You sold, you sold them on the other two. Um, uh, John, yeah, see yeah. how they run. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I liked, I liked to uh, see how they run. Um, again, it just felt a little bit slight, and I, I wasn't quite sure about the mixing of real characters with... It, it felt a little bit weird. It felt a little bit weird when it came down to it. And um, But I really enjoyed it, and uh, it... Like, I, if they do, if they if they did another one with that detective, like Glass Onion, if they kept the detectives, um, I think that would be quite good. Had to, I had to wait and get my wife to sit down and watch this with me because it's just her sort of film. So nice. Um, I, I can get behind it as well. I I, I really enjoyed seeing how they run. Um, I, I saw it at the cinema and I've watched it again with my wife. Um, much like you, John, she she really enjoyed it as well. Um, it, it's it's one that I would recommend if you like if you like a murder mystery. Um, uh. I did. I did enjoy it. It was a nice tie into uh, the real life mousetrap. So uh, three there that I think everybody can get behind Chris. So um, that was Chris's five, four, and three. Matt, rolling round to you. What is your five and four? Just two from you, Matt. Yeah, um, just two, two. Yeah. Um, uh, well, so what do you have at five? Well, um, I fully expect a lot of my films to be nowhere near anybody else's list, nor the top five. Maybe, maybe one of them. Um, so. For me, this this knocked a couple off my previous list. Um, I watched this the other day, and John will be glad to know that I enjoyed it so much. It came in at number five, and that is um, Bell, the Japanese animated film by Mamuro Hosada. Um, now, the literal, literal translation is The Dragon and the Freckled Princess. Um, it's loosely based um, and framed around uh, Beauty and the Beast, La Bella La Bette. Um, uh, a young girl, Suzu, um, and her friend Hero. Suzu, um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but she goes through uh, some kind of tragedy early on in life, and she becomes a big mass of anxiety, and um, she loses a lot of uh, her own um, sense of self-worth, and she becomes very, very shy. She's distant from her family, um, 
but she decides to uh, jump into um, the world of you, which is like a, a metaverse. Imagine a kind of a Steven Spielberg, uh, Ready Player One type situation, and you've got that pretty much down. Um, now she, the uh, the users of this uh, virtual world, uh, they have their biometric uh, personality scanned through their phones and through ear, uh, wearable devices in their ears. Um, and it creates an avatar of themselves as they are interpreted by the AI. Um, it's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous film. Um, it's full of music, full of song. As I said, it's, um, it's the iconography is uh, Beauty and the Beast. And this is used to frame like, ideas of like loss, love, friendship, um, use of technology. Um, it goes quite dark as well. There's a little bit of, uh, uh, towards the end, uh, about child abuse. Um, which seems quite dark, but a lot of Japanese animation, uh, a lot of anime is a bit like that. It mixes light ideas with quite dark themes. Um, the music is absolutely stunning. Like um, both the Japanese and the English version, I've watched them both now. Um, they are very similar and they, you know, all credit to the, uh, the Japanese voice actress um, and the English voice actress, Kylie McNeil. Very, very good uh, um, um, songs. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. It was something that I think kids will like, adults will like. Uh, beautiful mix of animation, cell shaded and digital. Um, yeah, it, it was really, really good. Um, so that was my number four. Bell, you, uh, just to let everybody know if they like the sound of that, they can rent it on Amazon, YouTube, Sky, or Apple um, if they want to check that one out. What you got for Matt? Uh, number four, um, John will know this one. This was Alex Garland's Men. Um, again, another very divisive movie. Uh, not a lot of people enjoyed this um so men is an atmospheric british horror film uh it's like a folk horror um uh, as i said it was alex garland the director who'd done annihilation if anyone's seen that on netflix uh, and this, the tv shows uh devs which is also a great film um jesse buckley pay, plays harper rory Kinnear plays jeffrey um the Jessie Buckley's character, uh, she is in a toxic relationship. She's being uh, verbally uh, and manipulated, uh, verbally uh, abused and manipulated by her partner. Uh, again, she suffers a tragedy. <laughs> There's a, a running theme in, uh, in my films this year. Um, and uh, so she, uh, to escape this, again, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, there's a tragedy and she goes to the country to try and it's just happened to her. Um, and strange things happen in this village, uh, like really strange things. Um, again, don't watch this if you want a satisfying explanation because you're just not going to get it. It's um, Alex Garland throws everything but the kitchen sink at the screen, really. He's trying to push boundaries and you get a lot of sights and sounds. And it's just steeped in symbolism, really. British folk symbolism, folk um, folklore. Um, so you've got themes of paganism, misogyny, rebirth. Again, like I said before, toxic masculinity. It's very symbolic. Um, yeah, everybody, but you know, it's a film that has a lot of fierce ambition. Um, so you can't really deny that about it. And it's got, it's, I mean, it feels like a bit of a mad mushroom trip, to be quite honest. Um, it's got an ending sequence that challenges anything that I've ever seen from something like from somebody like David Cronenberg. Um, I wasn't expecting it. I don't think anybody else expects it. Um, don't come into it with your eyes wide open. Try not to read anything about it and you will either love it or hate it. But I think it's one of those films that you, you, you kind of, if you're even in the slightest bit interested, then go and see it. Um, 
I, I really, really enjoyed it. It connected with me quite a lot. Okay. Uh, so men at number four there from Matt. And uh, anybody who does like the sound of that can check it out on Amazon Prime for free on Prime Video. Um, Tony, have you seen either Bell or Men? I have seen neither. Um, okay. I did want to see Men. Okay. It's on my list, but I just haven't got around to, to viewing it yet. Okay, Chris, uh, either of those for you? I haven't seen Bell, um, but I really should because I'm a big Beauty and the Beast fan. Um, and I saw men um, on a night shift at work. Um, probably the worst oh, place to, to watch it. Um, yeah, that was that was quite the trip. Um, I I started off really liking it, and then it, it just got really really obscure and um yeah uh the it even as um um a champion of uh women and um uh the uh, stamping out of misogyny it it was still a very hard watch for me and uh, yeah uh, i struggle with it which is a shame. I wanted to like it more than I did. Uh, I, I, I have to, uh, I'm going to jump in. I, I'm going to agree with Chris that I found Men a very difficult, very bizarre watch. Um, it wasn't one that connected with me, um, but I think it did with John, as did Bill. John? Right. Well, we'll, just, we'll start with um, what you're saying, what everybody has said about Men is absolutely true. It is a difficult watch but it's incredibly interesting and um, it's incredible. It's incredibly beautiful. It's an incredibly beautiful film about an incredibly ugly subject. Um, and just the gymnastics, it jumps through, but it is pure psychological. It's pure fantastical imagery. And I, um, to, to say I enjoyed it is the wrong word. Um, but to appreciate, I appreciate it much like Blonde, um, and they're both in my and they're both in my top ten. Um, Bell um, is uh, for me ranked with uh, the best of the Studio Ghibli films. Um, it um, and the the sequence in the middle, which is the second song, I believe, Matt. Or yeah. maybe the third song where it's her castle. and the beast. Yeah. Her and the beast, yeah, the castle. Um, actually ranks with me with the had the same feels as actually watching the ballroom scene uh, in the Disney version, Tale as Old as Time. Um, it has a night, it it's you can tell it's Japanese because it's not it's got nice and crunchy dark bits to it as well. It's is it's it, is it's, it a musical? It's not it's a full musical. Songs no. in it. Songs in it. Okay. She she basically her avatar. She's um, she's a singer. She wants to be a singer and a songwriter and things like that. But she can't do it in the real world because of what's what's happened to her. She's just because of her anxiety. But she can in you, which is very beautifully realised as well. And uh, I love the I love the corporate Gaston figure with all the with all the sponsors as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. but yeah well, Belle, you can you can rent that on pretty much every platform and uh, as i said men is available free on prime if anybody uh 
fancies a uh, trippy um, world of Alex Garland. <laughs> um, we're rolling. Do you know what? To... Just to interject quickly. That's like, right. I was, I was reading the article about Men um, Day, and apparently Alex Garland uh, wrote the um, screenplay for it, or started anyway, um, about fifteen years ago. So predating the like the big Me Too movement. So it wasn't initially meant to be about toxic masculinity and misogyny and stuff like that it was more about folk horror and symbolism about um uh, british folklore over the past like the green man like the guy in the in the in the garden is supposed to be the green man um and scene at the end which i won't go into too much detail about is supposed i can't pronounce it but it's about um a pagan uh, symbol uh, of female fertility um so i don't know how it morphed into what it what it was but um yeah it changed weird that's what it was weird it, it was weird um so anybody who enjoys weird um check out men um I'm rolling on to me um this is my five and my four um and quickly my number five is the unbearable weight of massive talent um this is <laughs> nicholas nicholas cage playing nicholas cage um a version of nicholas cage um where he is embroiled in um, CIA espionage action plot um, with a super fan played by Pedro Pascal. Um, I thought this film had heart, laughs, action. Um, I thought it was thoroughly entertaining from start to finish. Um, uh, Nicolas Cage is at peak Nicolas Cage um, playing Nicolas Cage. Um, it's very meta. Um, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And my number four completely surprised me. Uh, you can check, sorry, you can check out um, Unbearable Weight and Massive Talent on uh, Prime Video for free. Anybody who, uh, who wants to see that movie. Um, and this one um, came out of nowhere for me. Um, I, people were saying it was brilliant. Um, I've never ever watched a movie in Hindi language before in my entire life. And I thought RRR, which is available on Netflix, was unbelievably brilliant. It's about two um, revolutionary soldiers in India in the 1920s. Um, one, one fighting for um, the British Guard and the other one fighting against um, them, trying to uh, break out of oppression. Um, there is so much action. There is a love story. There is songs in it the song natu natu which is about an hour and a quarter in is nominated for best song at the oscars and is thoroughly entertaining um one of the best parts of the movie um i've never watched a bollywood movie before although this isn't traditional bollywood it's from southern india but um yes it, it was uh it was excellent for me it's three hours long so there's the warning to you it is a long watch but i would recommend everybody check out rrr on netflix um Chris, have you seen either of those two? Um, yes. Um, uh, Unbearable Weight Mass Talent was um, on my top five um, until recently, and it was bumped off. Um, I, I love this film. It's great. I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan, especially his um, sort of 90s peak. Um, and uh, it, it just... It, it was everything that uh, a Nick Cage fan, um, you know, would want uh, from a film. Um, it, in fact, well, I would I would say that the only reason it's not in my top five anymore is that there was just not enough uh, callbacks to his earlier films. Uh, I was I was hoping for a little bit more, but 
yeah, uh, it, it is great, great fun. Nice one. Uh, RRR, have I convinced you to check out um, this Hindi language classic, in my opinion? I, I don't know. I, we had a conversation recently um, where Matt had seen it. Uh, I don't know if you want to jump in, Matt, but uh, where he'd struggled to find a, uh, a good synced version. And that kind of has kind of put me off. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoyed the version that I saw on Netflix. It did, it did work. Matt, um, you've seen RRR. What do you have, think? I have. I've, I haven't seen it all because, um, as okay. Chris mentioned, um, I watched the the Hindi version um, on Netflix, and I just can't get past the lack of sync, 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 lip sync sound on it. Um, it is, it is filmed, and it is available in three different languages. I think it's a, it's a Hindi something else and and uh, telugu which is the actual sync language it's supposed to be in um and i did finally find a copy of that so i will be trying to watch it again but i just got up to the natu natu song which is where where i i stopped i was like i can't i can't, I can't give another two hours to this because i don't <laughs> for whatever reason i just it really frustrates me when i don't have to lip sync um I, that's why i've never been able to watch uh Bollywood films and certain uh, uh, sort of East Asian films. Um, uh, that's not to say that it's not a great film, and I was thoroughly enjoying it up to that point. Good, 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 good. Unbearable weight, a massive talent, Matt. Do you uh, do um, you like it? Again, um, um, it was a while back that I saw this, uh, and uh, I, I, I'm much like Chris. I love Nick Cage, a big fan of Nick Cage. I, even his, his bad movies, I'll sit and watch um, just for the for the sake of enjoying uh, him on screen. Um, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I, I don't really have much else to say. I'm not, I, I, it was kind of, I don't know. I, I see these deeply meta kind of um, movies a little bit unnecessary really, but it was, it was entertaining enough. Okay. Uh, Tony, did you see either of these two? No, but both are on my list. Nice one. John, anything to add on uh, either of these picks from me? Um, I'm the same with as Matt. I've got past the Natu Natu dance sequence. Um, uh, Which the, has the, to win best song. The dance fight. Um, and I've actually managed to get about probably about 10, 15 minutes on there. Um, I'm just not in the right mood for it. It took 46 minutes for them to get to the, ti- to the title screen. <laughs> the, 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 pro, the prologue is 46 minutes long where you meet the main characters um, I mean he fights tigers he catches a tiger the other guy wades through a riot and um, you, you see some ter- ter- terrible uh, some terrible violence Um yeah, um, I th- I, it is everything that I thought it would be, and I just need to watch the other two hours of it now to see the rest of the insanity. I recommend. Um, the, yeah, um, the, uh, the other one was... The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nick Cage. Um, the best Nick Cage film I've seen for a very long time, um, which isn't saying much, unfortunately. Um, having said that, I this. If I'd remembered, you told us to make our to make another list to the uh, to our ten today. If I'd remembered, it would have made it on um, because um, it is a really it's really tightly plotted. It's really really funny. It's and I really really enjoyed it. Nice one. Okay, um, there's another two there. Um, we're now jumping back to Tony 
We're going all the way to your number two, Tony. What is, in your opinion, the second best movie of 2022? Okay, well, firstly, don't judge me on this. I, <clears throat> for pure entertainment value, something I wasn't even expecting to like, even though I love a good action film, was The Grey Man. Um, so, <laughs> um, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great action film. And I don't think there's many great action films made these days. I uh, didn't have the, the, the Michael Bay style of editing where everything, you know, was a, a frame long. Um, so it's about uh, Ryan Gosling, he gets recruited into the CIA, becomes like their top mercenary assassin guy. And um, uh, Chris Evans is basically his nemesis, who's this psychotic assassin that goes up against him. Um, and I thought Chris, Chris Evans was brilliant in this film. I thought he was just playing, I know he played a bad guy in another film, which I won't mention because it might be spoilers. Um, but yeah, it was just, it just reminded me of kind of good old 90s action films I kind of grew up with and, and loved. And I thought the Russo brothers who directed it did a, did a great job. And I believe it's based on a series of books. So expect a sequel soon. Uh, yeah, I think there probably will be a sequel soon. I, I, so, I, I like this and Bullet Train as well, but Bullet Train was number six on my list. So, yeah, um, The Grey Man, it's a, it's a Netflix original, so, so it's available on Netflix. Um, Matt, have you seen this one? Uh, yes, I have. It. I've, I'm, I'm much like uh, Tony. I, I love this. I thought it really did throw back to those, uh, funnily enough, those Nick Cage movies that we used to watch um, in the uh, in the 90s. Um, I love it. I hope, I hope, I hope we see more. Uh, I, I do think it did quite well, although I think it cost Netflix like two hundred and fifty million dollars or something to make something ridiculous. They did go around the world quite a lot. Yes. Yeah, they did. But that shows in the movie, and I think that really does help it because um, you know seeing all those locations and 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 you know getting time spending time with with Ryan Gosling again. I mean, the guy's not done a movie for years. He's been off being a dad. Um, so, you know, when was the last he did La La Land? Was it the last time I, I think he was in a movie? But um, yeah, I want to see more Chris, evil Chris Evans. I'm happy. I'll, I'll pay 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 the price of the ticket for that. Nice one, uh, John. Have you seen Greyman? Uh, yes, very recently. Um, the money's all on the screen. Um, I think I think the only pro- um, there's there's a tram chase in it, much like uh, through Soul um for civil civil war no not civil war for um avengers the age of ultron um there's uh it, it's a good old-fashioned spy film turned up to 11 and i think it, i think it's it's really good at what it is it, it wasn't really too surprising but that's not what you want, really. You just want something that's really, really enjoyable. And when Chris Evans is that bad at being that good at being that bad, you you go along for the ride. I mean, Ryan Gosling is dry and quiet and keeps to himself, and Chris just eats the screen, and it works. It oh, and uh, this is Anna Anna de Amas again as the uh, female sidekick uh, who gets who gets more to probably more to do here than she did in um, No Time to Die um, but you can kind of see that one might have been the uh, might have been for the other one yeah uh, it was a roller coaster uh, it, like, it was a roller coaster I think that's a good like, I wish I'd seen it in the cinema because I think yeah. it, it was a limited release wasn't it in the cinema yeah I, I think mean, Netflix... that, 
the, the plane scene the, with the where the planes just being destroyed is absolutely stunning. Really, really yeah. good. Yeah. Chris, have you seen the Grey Man? I have, yes. Um, I saw it recently. Um, yeah, it was it was fun. And um, yeah, Chris Evans is desperately trying to shake his Captain America image, isn't he? Um, with all yeah. these roles. Uh, um, yeah, Ryan Gosling was was good, kind of. Um, yeah, I liked it. Nice one. Um, I, I, I've got to say, uh, I'm, I'm, I liked it as well. I really liked it. It uh, just sits outside of my top five um, because, uh, and I have to admit, I was one that I, I had this sitting in my Netflix queue for weeks and I was put off because all of the critics did not like this movie. But I had a look on Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 46% critic rating, but it has a 90% audience rating. And it shows you that at home, this is what people are enjoying. And we all enjoyed it. Um, so I think uh, I can get behind Tony's uh, pick, number two pick of The Grey Man. I recommend you check it out on Netflix. Um, we're shooting over to Matt now for your number two pick, Matt. We're jumping to your number two. Um, right. What do you have at number two? Right. Again, I've probably got another one that um, is pretty divisive. Um, I have uh, Luca Guadagino's Bones and All with Timothy Chalamet and uh, the brilliant Taylor Russell. Um, uh, Timothy Chalamet plays Lee. Taylor, Taylor Russell plays Marin. Um, she is living on the outskirts of society with her father. We don't know why she's trying to fit in. Um, we discover that she is living with a disorder, let's say, um, that causes her to want to eat human flesh. Now, it's not just a cannibal movie. Uh, the cannibalism is clearly a metaphor for other things that are going on. Um, the setting is 80s Americana. Um, I think what you've got here really is, is people living on the fringes. It, it's 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 more of a road trip movie for me. It's a romantic road trip movie. And it just so happens to, to have blood, guts and cannibalism in it, which doesn't take up too much of the film, to be honest. There's only about two or three scenes in it, which really do deliver that kind of um, blood and gore. Um, I found it fascinating. It was engrossing. Uh, I thought it was beautiful. Um, the cinematography was gorgeous. Uh, I, I love Taylor Russell. She was in a movie called Waves um, from about 2019, I think. She's fantastic in that. And if you've seen the um, Lost in Space TV show, she's in that as, uh, as one of the elder sisters. Um, <clears throat> she's a very talented actress. Uh, hopefully she, she'll, she'll do a lot more. Um, Mark Rylance, uh, the British theatre actor who's in this, who won uh, an Oscar a few years back, didn't he, first Bridges Prize, was it, for yeah. uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, he plays a character called Sully, who can uh, literally sniff out um, other cannibals. And uh, he is so over the top, but so menacing in, uh, in this film that I couldn't take my eyes off him when he was on screen. And it was just a pity that he wasn't on it for too long. Uh, I could have loved more of him to be honest um i got quite echoes of like terence malick here you know the way i looked at it it was kind of reminded me a lot of badlands um the film terence malick made years ago with sissy spacek and um uh what's his name can't remember his name martin sheen martin sheen yeah um yeah it reminded me a lot of that like an updated version of that and i didn't realize it was based on a novel 
by Camille De, De, De Angelis. Um, I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, it's got some great acting in it. Um, like I said, beautiful uh, scenery, beautiful cinematography. The music by Trent Reznor um, is fantastic as well. Um, yeah, you know, read it how you want to. Um, it's it's got. I, I enjoyed the ending. It's got a pretty graphic ending. Um, like I said, read it how you will. I saw it as as uh, you know themes of uh, uh, transitioning into adult adulthood, sexuality. You know, you've got because it's set in the eighties. You could read that it's it's you know it's quite a symbol of good Reaganism and you know societal discord and poverty that America was suffering at that time. Um, but it's beautifully played, um, uh, fairly long film, over a couple of hours long, but um, yeah, it's not for everybody. But again, I think this year I've found movies that really emotionally touched me um, more to my favour than, than the big blockbusters that came out. So for me, um, this this was why it was so high up, to be honest. Okay, Bones and All, which is uh, available to rent on Amazon, YouTube, Sky and Apple. Uh, Chris or Tony, have you seen Bones and All? I've not, no. I really want to, though. I wanted to go and see it in cinema, but didn't get a chance. Tony? Oh, nor have I. No, um, I've not seen it either. I believe John has. John, anything to add on Bones and All? Um, I, uh, this is one of my three films with Mark Rylance in this year. Um, this is definitely his creepiest performance. Um, yeah, I know he, he really, really adds a sense of dread to this film um uh especially when he's uh when he's kind of showing you know, teach, teaching uh teaching of the ropes um with the first real kill of the film um i i'll come out and just say it was all right but i guess i just didn't get it and I think for me, I think the length of the film was just that little bit too much for me. Um, some nice performances and some ni nice interrelationship um, drama, but it didn't quite add up to a whole for me. Okay, so that's Matt's pick of Bones and All, his number two. Uh, John, we're staying with you. We're going to your number two now. Um, what do you have for us? Well, again, I think I've got another one that's uh, off the beaten track for us guys. Um, Catherine called Birdie. Um, basically, uh, it's uh, a medieval comedy film. Now, it's from it's uh, Lena Dunham, um, and it's from a novel um, with Bella Ramsey as the title character. Um, Basically, she's a she's a she's a fourteen year old um, lord's daughter um, who's but uh, coming of age graphically. Um, but it, and basically, it's come to the point where her father has spent all, all the family's money by um, uh, buying a tiger and having it delivered. Um, and um, so. Um, uh, the, fa the family's on its uppers, and the only way that she that the family's going to get any money back is by um, um, uh, marrying her off um, to to another noble family, so they can get uh, get some money for it, um, get the dowry. That's the thing. Uh, so 
really it's this is a, this is really a, a, more about the presentation than it is about the story we're, we're talking it's got huge um a knight's tale vibe um from um uh, heath ledger and paul bettany and mark addy uh back uh, uh what in, well long, long time ago now, back in a long time, time ago yeah yeah Oh man, I've just remembered that. Um, I saw that in the pictures. Um, and ba basically, it's that modern sensibility, but they haven't. That it's still got a little bit of. It's got. It's got the fe medieval feel. I. I. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it, she's she's a firebrand. She's not. She's a free spirited firebrand, and she's she's putting off her suitors. Like um, uh, Russell Brand turns up, and she basically is case, No, she's not. She's not beautiful. She's ugly. She's terrible. You, she hasn't got curves unless you want the hump on her back, sort of this sort of thing. Um, and it's it's a nice it, and it's it's kind of it's set out like a, di a diary. It's like her internal thoughts and uh, what she, how she sees medieval life um, to the point where Billy Piper, her mother. Is uh, she um, she's she's pregnant a couple of times, <clears throat> so you you see you see um, not the horrors, but you see how tough childbirth can be, and um, you can see how women aren't aren't kind of valued. Her friend gets married to a nine is married off to a nine year old boy, um, so it, and Andrew Andrew Scott just ties it all together nicely um as had as her father and it I, 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 it's fun and <clears throat> the, the thing about my my films tend to be they seem to be that a lot of them are fun and entertaining and this one just really hit the spot okay catherine called birdie it's uh, available to stream on prime video um has anybody else seen catherine called birdie Nope. No, it's, it's on my list. Um, I, I saw a, a review of it um, by, um, what's his face? Uh, um, Kermode and uh, what's his name? Uh, the other Mayo. Mayo, yeah. Mayo, yeah. Um, and they did say it was, uh, it was supposed to be good. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'll check that one out, definitely. Nice one. Uh, it's not one I've seen either. So um, that one's hopefully added to everybody's queue um, on Amazon. Um, so we're now going to roll it on and we have got Chris's number two, and mine and Matt's number three movie of the year. Um, Chris, you've got it ranked highest, so lead us off on your number two pick for this All right. Year. My number two pick is All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, this is a remake of a 1930 film uh, based on a 1929 uh, book by the same name, uh, directed by Edward Berger. Berger? Okay, yes. director um, and it's the first version because it was a TV version in 79 I want to say um, that uh, this is the first version that's in the German language and uh, it's visually impressive it's very visceral um, it uses techniques of modern cinema to tell the story uh, of a very fresh faced uh, soldier played by Felix uh, Kammerer um, who's brilliant in this 
uh, and he is surrounded by uh, the horrors of uh, the trenches and the Western Front, World War One, um, and it's uh, it's brilliant. I, I absolutely love it. The cinematography is outstanding. Um, I think one of the reasons it works so well is that uh, due in part to uh, the fact that you're on the ground level, uh, seeing the war uh, in the trenches, um, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's. It's brilliant. It, um, he starts off uh, with all this optimism with his friends and they're in the queue to get their uniforms. And, and you can see very quickly that these are all uniforms that have been used before and that they've got the bullet holes just patched in and, um, and the name tags have all been kind of picked out of them. Um, and uh, yeah, going, going kind of from that point to the very end, um, just the journey, the, the horrors that these men faced. And this, for me, um, it kind of reminds me of um, the Powell and Pressburger films uh, from the 1940s, particularly um, uh, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, because for me, the, this is the first film since then, war, war film, where you empathise with the Germans. Um, yeah. And uh, because in, in that film, uh, um, life, uh, matter, uh, sorry, Life and Death of Colonel Blimp, um, you follow the story of uh, a German soldier um, who you very much empathise with. And uh, it, it's funny because it's kind of the way that it's, um, the story is told is that the, the French uh, are really the, the baddies in this. <laughs> and, yeah. um, that, you know, they're all sitting there in their, in their train having sipping their cups of tea and eating their croissants and um, deliberating over this armistice whilst um, all these soldiers are being killed. Um, and and just the contrast between those two is is, is very startling. Yep. Uh, so that's why it's my number two pick. Yeah, Matt, it was a number three on your list. All quiet. Have you got anything to add to Chris's? I I found this 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 bumped to uh, another film off my list uh, further down. Um, uh, I I just found it incredibly moving. The um, the whole movie just really resonated uh, with me. Um, war films tend to, to be honest, um, especially well-made ones that make you uh, <clears throat> sympathise with the protagonist. And, you know, war, as we all know, uh, isn't necessarily cut and dry. Um, and it's always been um, the Americans, the Europeans, the British, you know, the French. We always see it from their side. I've never seen the original film um, from the 30s. Um, and I'm not familiar with the book either um so for me it came as a fresh take it was almost um like uh you know i've seen paths of glory you know it reminded me a lot of that uh, kubrick's paths of glory which was uh world war one from the french um perspective um and obviously i've seen colonel blimp as life and death of colonel blimp as well which which uh again is very 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 good film i would recommend seeing that as well um yeah, I, I just loved it. I think it's great. It, it deserves all the accolades that it's getting. Um, hopefully it reaches a wider audience. Um, I know that some people do struggle with uh, foreign films, uh, not so much these days as they used to, but um, because of accessibility. But um, it's definitely, definitely worth a watch. Don't let that put you off. Um, uh, but it, 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 it is graphic. Um, the scenes uh, when the tanks are emerging through uh, the fog um, yeah. were just incredible um and the flamethrowers are just you know it's it's 
amazing. I, I, I really, I loved it. Loved it. Same here. Um, I, it was a number three on my list as well. Um, I thought, yeah, the, my, my top three picks, I'd have to say that the cinematography and all of them um, are outstanding. Um, I know I haven't revealed my other two yet, but um, All Quiet was, was for a film that is so harrowing and uh, brings home these sets. Well, it was beautiful at the same time. It shot unbelievably well. Uh, and I think it may well win the Oscar for Best Cinematography. It, uh, it, it, it looks gorgeous. Um, and it does show off um, those those horrors of war. Um, I'd recommend everybody checking it out on Netflix. Um, if the foreign language does put you off, it is available in an English dub. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend it, but um, I, I would recommend if, if it's the choice of seeing it and not, um, if you need to watch it in English, um, it's a well done dub. I, I, I saw uh, you can flip literally partway through the movie and flip to English and then back to German and I tested it out and the, the English dub is actually quite good as well so um, if you don't want to if you don't want it in seeing its original language with subtitles it, the dub is actually very well done um, Tony have you seen All Quiet yet? Uh, no I haven't but I it's on my list my German girlfriend um, wants to watch it yeah. um, she's um, we just haven't got around to it because I've been ill um, so I will almost certainly be watching in the original German and uh, with subtitles. And I'm sure she'll point out every grammatical error that there is. Yes, uh, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we both want to watch it. Uh, we just haven't got around to it. But I mean, the story behind it with, is it Leslie Patterson, the woman that got the, the rights to it? I, I don't know the story, but... She's a Scottish triathlete. She bought the rights and she she kind of gave up her career in athletics and said she was going to go and win an Oscar. Wow. And uh, she, yeah. I almost certainly is going to, because it's going to win best international feature. I have no doubt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Read the story about her. It's really, really interesting. And nice. Yeah. The, the story should be more out there, I think, because she, you know, she changed careers and was determined to get it made. And she has, and as you say, I'm sure she'll probably win something. Yeah. Uh, John, have you seen All Quiet? Uh, I have, uh, just to say that um, her story is actually currently doing the rounds on Facebook. I've seen it um, yeah. out there. Um, basically, she um, uh, she was about to lose the rights and, uh, and needed £10,000 and ended up doing the triathlon and winning £10,000. Um, so it's actually quite a good, it's quite a good story in itself. Um, the film, um, again, um, it's... It is a very good war film. Um, I can see it being used in schools um, for First World War. Um, I was, um, the First World War was part of my GCSEs. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it, it really goes into the horrors of war. Of And this is a European war and we don't see it that often. We, we yeah. don't, we've World War One has fallen out of favour. So, I mean, uh -huh. and uh, to be fair, John, John Boy Walton did a very good job in the 1970s TV movie. Okay. Some people may call it a royal war as it was basically fought between three cousins. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I think there is a resounding please check out All Quiet on the Western Front. It's on Netflix. It's there for everybody to check out. Um, so please do. Um, we're rolling round to my number one pick now. We're skipping over my two. It's saving it. And my number one pick, um, 
I, I can that I'm not sure that everybody on this crew is going to get behind because I know that it made almost nobody's top ten list. Um, but my number one film is the Batman. I thought that Robert Pattinson's version of the Batman was the best version of Batman put to s- screen. Um, this film was outstanding. Um, the supporting cast of Colin Farrell, of um, God, even uh, his name, uh, <laughs> Andy Serkis, um, were excellent. Uh, the cinematography of this film is amazing. The score is outstanding. And it just brings Batman, I think, um, to real life. Um, it's, it's gritty, it's real, but has its comic book roots um, there. Um, the villain played by Paul Dano as the Riddler is outstanding. Uh, he is menacing and scary and evil. Um, and you can believe that um, he's not Jim Carrey's Riddler. He's very, very different. Um, and for me, I thought that this blended the detective aspect of Batman alongside some brilliant action set pieces. Uh, for me, it was the film that I enjoyed more than any other movie this year. Um, and only just my number two was very, very close. Um, but I would say it was the most entertaining time I had in the cinema. Um, so for me, this is the best movie of the year. It's the Batman. Um, and guys, Matt, why isn't it? <laughs> no, do you know what? I've, I've watched it again since, uh, since first time I saw it. And, uh, I, I, I enjoy it a bit more than I did um, originally. I I saw it. I didn't see it in the cinema. I saw it on the small screen at home um, twice now. So I think I'm losing a lot by not by not having seen it in the cinema. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I felt it was a bit of a mishmash of everything and didn't really hit home enough of one of those kind of like the, there was not enough of the detective story. There was not enough of uh, Paul Dano being evil. Yes, he, he came across as evil. Yes, he came across as menacing. But I don't know if he necessarily was because he wasn't put in the situation often enough for me to feel that. Um, uh, I, li- I like the way it looked. Yeah, that goes without saying. It's beautiful the way it looks, uh, how they put that to screen. I do like the, uh, the gritty Batmans. Um, I'll get behind more of those. Um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as, as I originally thought it was, but um, by no means would it have been my top 10, let's say. It would have been further down the list, but it was good. It was a good film. Yeah, good action yeah. film. Tony, the Batman. Um, I believe the real Batman comes out this year, doesn't he? He comes back, Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, in a movie called The Flash. <laughs> uh, I love Michael Keaton. Um, yeah, I mean... You, many of the things you said are correct great villain but I agree with Matt more could be done with him I think he could have amped him up and more beautiful cinematography I just found it a bit dull and over long um, I felt like it needed to be more tightly paced um, and I guess you know he Paul Dano the Riddler wasn't really in the ending was he he was in prison Um I, I would definitely go to the cinema to see a sequel, um, but I just needed more from it, I think. Okay. Uh, John, the Batman. Um, well, let's be honest, it was the best DC film of last year, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was the best comic movie of last year as well. <laughs> um, I, uh, 
yeah, I, I liked it. Um, it, uh, it was another one that I wanted to like more. I, I think um, Robert Pattinson makes a good Batman. He doesn't make a good Bruce Wayne. Um, and uh, Paul Dano was very good as the Riddler. I, I think I agree with Matt. He, he was underused. Um, I, yeah, there were some elements I really liked. Um, it was visually very striking. Um, the Batmobile was a lot cooler than I thought it would be. Um, Penguin, Colin Farrell was excellent. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there was too much that, that I didn't like, which, which bumped it off my, you know, into the far end of my top 10. Okay, and John, the Batman. So, um, I it, troublesome first film. Um, I think it was just uh, for me over long. Um, I felt that Commissioner, well, uh, Inspector Gordon, needed to be brighter. I had a feeling that he was being written down, so uh, so Batman could be written up um, as the smart one. Um, it just didn't quite. It wasn't quite there. I liked Paul Dano. I like. I I thought he was actually quite menacing. I thought he did, he did a good job, but he's he's one of those uh, bad guys who sits in the background. Um, he isn't at the front. In fact, the entire ending is a setup for when he's taken when it, for when he's taken out of the way, and safe. Um, but. Um, again, I'd see another one, but um, this one just didn't quite hit hit the spot for me. Okay, well, um, it's my number one, and if you do fancy checking it out, it's on Sky Cinema or Now TV right now. Um, I would very much recommend checking out The Batman if you haven't. Um, we've only got two more films to talk about, and we're coming to Matt for your number one film of the year, Matt. Um, what do you have at number one? Uh, number one, I have a um, a film which I connected with uh, probably most deeply this year, um, and it struck me more than any other film um, that I've seen in many many years. And I don't really understand why, to be honest, because it it, it this film called After Sun. Um, it's a directorial debut from Charlotte Wells, who's a British director. Um, from Scotland, uh, it stars Paul Mescal as Callum and Frankie Corio uh, as Sophie, as his 11-year-old daughter. And um, basically the film is just a reflection of a um, holiday that she took with her, her father uh, at the age of 11 uh, in Turkey. Um, and that's about it, really. It's just about their relationship. Um, but it's interspersed with her watching the um, old mini-DV footage that she took on the video camera. Um, from 20 years ago, um, as we see certain scenes of her as a, as a, I think she's going through, uh, she's having her 30th birthday as well. She's the same age as her father. So we're watching scenes of her watching the mini DV footage. And then we have the scenes of her and her father together um, that she's reminiscing about. And it's all, it's really, for me, I don't know. I just, it just caught me at a time where I was really 
kind of susceptible to the emotional aspects of this being a single father um suffering from depression in my life and you know the, the themes of this uh um you know there are there are parts of the uh, of the movie where we do see that there is something not quite right with her father um but it's also about you know how you view memories and how they can seem different than they were um uh, and how they change over time um i just loved it i thought it was beautiful it was very slow um just loved the way it was shot you know there were lots of shots through reflections of mirrors and through windows and glass and reflections in the sea and shots from behind and you know it's all very evocative um for something that seems so mundane and lacking kind of like narrative drive it just had so much hidden depth for me and i really really connected with it um and it's just heart stopping um, really beautiful for me and you know thoroughly deserved paul mescal being nominated for for a best actor oscar um it's very well critically received this i think it's got like a 95 percent on most of the aggregate scores um uh, on the internet um so the critics absolutely loved it and i can understand why but you know it really it takes a lot to to kind of connect with this and i think if you're not really in the mood for it it doesn't kind of resonate um which is unfortunate um but for me you know it it it's probably in my top 10 films of all time and I, I just i really genuinely can't figure out exactly why to be quite honest um i just loved it absolutely loved it well you've sold it to me mate i haven't seen it but um it's one i want to check out um chris tony seen after sun i've seen it but matt sold it to me chris how about yourself um i have been aware of this film for a while um but for all the reasons that um matt uh, really likes it and it resonates with him is the reason why i've been too scared to watch it i guess and avoided it um i'm sure i'll pluck up the courage at some point okay john have you seen after sun um i have seen after sun um and um, I get what Matt, Matt's saying, but I didn't quite get the same connection. Um, I, I, I kind of skipped over the, the whole her being looking back. Whereas the actual film through the, the DV film being shot and um, the actual holiday itself and um, the bits behind closed doors and things like that. I got all of that and I un understood it. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get the, her in a, I couldn't make the link, the jump between her in the rave and them on holiday. And it just didn't, it didn't quite work for me on that level. Having said that, I thought I think it's a really good first film. I think it's um, well first feature, um, and uh, Frankie Correa. Yeah, Corey. Yeah, yeah. She she's he's great, and um, uh, Paul Mescal as her dad. They have a real connection on screen, and it really works. And so, so yeah, I. I it, it didn't quite work for me, but it's still good. Still good. Okay. Film. Well, if you want to check out After Sun, it is available to stream on Mubi for free. 
Um, or you can rent it on Amazon, YouTube, Sky or Apple for anybody who wants to check out After Sun. I believe it's also going to have another run in cinemas with its Oscar campaign just in the next couple of weeks. Um, rolling on to the last film that we're going to mention. It's number one oh, on yeah. John's list. It's number one on Tony's list. It's number one on Chris's list. <laughs> and it's number two on my list. And it was very close. Um, John? What's the best film of the year from pretty much everybody? Uh, let me take you back to the 80s. Um, and, um, lots of shots of guys on the deck of a ship throwing footballs and, and setting out ropes and getting the planes in position and Kenny Loggins playing Danger Zone. Awesome. This film, <laughs> not, this film should not be as good as it was. Seriously, this is a thirty-year-old. This is a thirty-year-old sequel, and it is a thirty-year-old sequel. It's thirty-seven, not a I think. Thirty-seven. Yeah, yeah. It is not a reboot. It's not a restart. They haven't tried anything. Tried anything funny. They have made a thirty-seven-year-old sequel. Top Gun Maverick and they have the audacity to start it exactly the same as a 37 year old film just to get you in the right mood just to get you right in the in the pocket and then Tom Cruise work, working on his uh, on his very rare World War II plane finishes up and goes and goes to fly an experimental Mac 10 Shramjet Dark Star plane, which doesn't exist, and ha has, has, has to fly it faster than it's ever been flown before so to save the project for everybody else on it before it gets shut down. And this, this film is just so well tooled. It is written to within an inch of its life. It is frame perfect in its editing. They spend that long. Uh, they spend that long working on it. I'm listening to um, Chris McQuarrie and um, Jerry Bruckheimer and the editors called Eddie somebody. Forgive me, but they. It, um, between Macquarie and the editor, they they have made this film so so tight. Um, it's basically old guy. It's it it's the old story of old hands uh, being put out to pasture has to has to come in and train up new recruits to do what to do an incredible mission. Chris. Um, John, I'm going to stop you. Chris, number one for you as well. Take over. Where, where, what is Top Gun Maverick? Uh, Top Gun Maverick is, um, is a far superior film to the original. Um, they, uh, I mean, it, let's be honest, it was, it was a campaign for, uh, for the Navy, um, the first film. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I mean, <sighs> Tom Cruise has saved cinema, <laughs> I think. Yes. Um, and the fact that they, they delayed the film by two years 
um and uh, just there was such confidence there and uh the the fact that the the actors had to learn how not only how to pilot the the f uh 18s uh, but also to operate the cameras, the IMAX cameras um, in the cockpits. And just the, the cinematography and the, um, the, the filming of the, the planes, just when I was watching in the cinema, it just took my breath away. I watched it twice in, in a week. I saw um, what you did there. Thank you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, just, oh, amazing. And um that yeah, it's Tom Cruise's own um, P forty one that he flies that he's fixing at the beginning, and then he flies at the end. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, just um, the the story of um, uh, Rooster um, yes. worked really well uh, as as Goose's son, um, and uh, Jennifer Connelly, Sarah Connelly, sorry is. Is an amazing uh, counterpart to Tom Cruise. She she's at a realistic age gap to him, rather than someone stupidly young. And uh, you know, just oh, br- brilliant! Loved it, loved it, loved it. Tony, number one. Yeah, um, I was blown away by it. Uh, sorry, IMAX um, at the BFI. Um, I think a lot of love has gone into this film. I think John said frame perfect. Um, like Chris said, potentially better than the original. Um, it's uh, yeah, it was nostalgia plus, wasn't it? That's that's what it, that's what it tapped into. And um, to quote Chris and Steven Spielberg, there you go, Chris. You've been mentioned in the same sentence as Steven Spielberg. It did save cinema, I think. I think <laughs> me and Sir Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> definitely definitely has given cinema the the shot in the arm that it needed i think and i guess it also shows how um savvy tom cruise um chris mcquire is it um, yeah. yeah he was the right well they work together as yeah because well, they do on the mission impossible films in tandem with paramount i mean i would I would say a lot of movie studios would have released it sooner. Yeah, I, I think Paramount did well. Um, this is this is available on Paramount Plus, and I think it's uh, they they were they were going to release it in the pandemic um, on their streaming service, but they held their nerve and they waited, and uh, they've got double the bang for their buck now because I'd say they've thrown themselves into the streaming ring with just one movie. Um, so anybody who has Paramount Plus can check out Top Gun Maverick if you didn't see it at the cinema. Um, and it's also... Sorry. sorry. It's the best Star Wars sequel. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> A New Hope redone. It, yeah. There is, there is definitely the elements. Awakened was, you know, a remake of Star Wars. So is this film. Yes. It's better than The Force Awakens. And, uh, just, just, just to put a dot on this... Um, it gro- it's grossed one and a half. Well, the figures I have here, it grossed one and a half billion dollars worthwide, making it the second highest grossing film of 2022. It was the second highest grossing movie of 2022, only only topped by Avatar. Um, and you you don't often beat James Cameron. So um, yes, it's it's what uh, the movie that um, we can all get behind recommending. Um, Matt, 
It didn't make your top five. It didn't, no, but do you know what? It made my top ten. It was at number nine, and no one's going to deny Tom Cruise, is it? No one is ever going to deny Tom Cruise. He was always going to get this movie in cinemas at the right time. Um, I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I watched it with my kids. I've seen it three times now. Um, and I was a bit kind of over it by the third time, but it's certainly um, got rewatch, uh, re- rewatchability, and it's, it's clearly superior to the first one. The first movie is more of a nostalgia hit than anything else. It's actually not a really good movie, um, but they had all the hits uh, of the first one in the second one, but they did it. They did it way, way better. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's a great movie. If, if anyone hasn't seen it, <laughs> then definitely go and watch it. Definitely watch it. As I say, Paramount Plus or Sky Cinema and Now TV, you can check out Top Gun Maverick. Um, that is it. That is all of our top fives. We have listed off 20 movies in this episode of Five on Film. Um, so hopefully some recommendations for you now. And I'm going to reveal this week's Five on Film. At number five is The Grey Man, streaming on Netflix. Number five wow. film. At number four is After Sun. Streaming on Mubi for free, or you can rent it at Amazon, Sky, Apple, and YouTube. At number three for the year is The Batman, Robert Pattinson's uh, turn as the Cape Crusader. And number two is All Quiet on the Western Front, streaming on Netflix. And as you probably guessed, the number one movie of 2022 on Paramount and on Sky is... Top Gun Maverick. And that is it for this week's Five on Film. Um, Thank you very much for everybody joining me. Um, Signing off. Um, I hope everybody liked our updated style of podcast. Um, Thank you very much to Tony for joining us. John? Talk to me, Goose. (laughs) John, thank you very much for being here. Anything to add on the end? Um, yeah, uh, if you want to find us on the social medias, please come and find us at Five on Film uh, Podcast. Um, uh, email also at Five on Film Podcast at gmail.com. And also find us on Anchor. Um, you can leave us a voice message there if you want, if you would like to uh, drop us drop us a few hints and uh, be included in anything going in in the future. Excellent. Uh, Chris? No, nothing to add. All good. <laughs> and Matt, thank you very much. <laughs> Cheers, mates. Um, the, uh, yeah, we're still here. We are putting stuff out a little bit slower this year because uh, we are all getting a little bit old. <laughs> so uh, we, we, Life we have, is tough, but we will find a way. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. So we, we will be, we'll be back with another one soon, will we, Paul? We will indeed, we will indeed. Um, so hopefully everybody's enjoyed this one and we will be back soon thank you everybody good night all views expressed in this podcast are that of the individual and do not represent the views of any entity whatsoever which they have been or will be affiliated with in the future